Hey everybody, this is Stan Wangland, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, then you have arrived at my podcast called Right Now with Stan Wangland. How the heck are you guys doing? Well, I hope wherever you are in the world, you are safe and sound, that things are going well, that you haven't been hit by the COVID, that you're uh, doing all the things that you need to do to, to live your life fully and also be safe from the pandemic that seems to be, you know, just that doesn't seem to be, that uh, certainly is affecting everyone and everything on our planet right now. But, uh, you know, when I was thinking, um, I haven't done a show in a couple of days, uh, you know, just to take a little bit of a break uh, from all the uh, COVID virus and all the, <laughs> you know, all the political stuff and uh, whatever. It's uh, very difficult for people, I think, to be overloaded by uh, that kind of material. And as I was watching some of the, the stuff in the United States of America, which is where I live in New York, COVID central, um, but uh, I was watching some of the... Um, hearings for the uh you know the nominee for a, a new justice on the supreme court and uh, i was actually enjoying it i was actually enjoying people from both sides you know making their comments and statements as to why they did or didn't want you know this uh, event to go on and so on and so forth um i was just kind of you know i just saw that as kind of um just again interesting uh when the, the speakers were respectful or, you know, presenting their arguments and, and things like that. And I was looking at some of the people there or when you're watching the news constantly and everything. So many times I'm sure I do the same thing. I, you know, you, you'll see people that just, uh, you know, just are very, very unhappy and stressed. Uh, they're unhappy with their government. They're unhappy with their jobs. Many times they're unhappy with the way that life is going. And uh, I'm not about to do a show on that, but one of the things as a psychologist, as a motivational person, uh, you know, for my life, working with people, uh, my own point of view in my own life, uh, I thought a nice show to do would be to think about what it is, you know, that makes you or I happy. You know, what are the things in life that, that makes you happy? And one of the things that I was looking at was, uh, an, uh, you know, a new research study on happiness, you know, that was referred to in, a, in an article. And it, it's irrelevant, but it, it really, you know, as to which article it was or so on and so forth, or what is, you know, what, what does the research say? And, you know, we, we don't need to get into all that kind of stuff. But it's fun to think about or important to think about how you or I or anybody uh, defines happiness and, you know, in, if indeed you're happy. And I know for me, it's something I've certainly thought about my entire life ever since I'm a young person. And I always remember um, a wonderful book called Aristotle for Everybody uh, from the great American uh, philosopher Mortimer Adler. And he uh, reminded people that Aristotle had said, uh, you know, he was one of the few people who had a, a real definition, a working definition for, for happiness. And he said, happy is the man, is, I mean, I'm trying to recall this now, and I, and I have it. Happy is the man all of whose needs are met, provided none are amiss. 
And what the heck does that mean uh, if you're listening to the show? You know, what value can that bring you? Well, think of it. It's really the difference between real needs, the real needs that we have, and perceived needs. You know, real needs are food, water, uh, you know, safety, security, uh, you know, having some sense of um, belonging to other others, biological needs, uh, you know, emotional needs, uh, esteem needs, things like that. Those are, are, are real needs. Others are perceived needs, like, you know, do you need a new car? Do you need a big apartment? Do you need to travel all over the thing? Do you need people to praise you? Those kinds of things. So those might be uh, what one would call a perceived need, you know, and that's always the way that I've looked at it. And so I've always been pretty easy uh, to please in most things and been, uh, I think, you know, a very happy guy. I'm not a person who does too much depression in life. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of, well, maybe sometimes more than a little bit of anxiety about things, but uh, certainly not where I feel unhappy. It doesn't take a lot to make me happy. And I like that. I think that's a great quality. So I don't want to change that. But this study um, kind of spun off in some other directions, which I kind of like. And it, and it kind of spins into three general areas. And it's one that I know I speak to my wife about very much and friends that I have, you know, around my age. And we've spent a lifetime, you know, doing a lot of things. And as you approach, uh, you know, your later age, I mean, I'll be 70 very, very shortly if I make it the, in, the, in the next few weeks. But, uh, you know, you look at your life and you say, you know, have I had a happy life? I think I have. Or, you know, have I had an unhappy life or whatever. You know, you, you try to um, be a little bit more careful with these things or put them into perspective. And I thought how useful that would be for those of you who are younger. Uh, for those of you who seem to be unhappy or find things, um, you know, that are troubling you. And there's always going to be troubles in life, but, you know, to, to think about it a little bit more. And this study kind of broke it down into these three areas. And one of the things is they said happiness um, in most psychological ways is characterized by comfort, safety, stability, and contentedness. And that's the one that I kind of get from... Aristotle, you know, happy is the man who all those needs are met. Their comfort, their safety, their stability, and their contentedness. You know, when I look at that definition of it, <clears throat> most of my life I've been happy. And I certainly am happy right now. I feel very comfortable. I feel very safe, uh, you know, reasonably, even in, a, even in a pandemic, by taking the, you know, the steps that I can take. I have a great sense of stability in my life uh, with myself and my partner, uh, you know, it, in, in my lifestyle with my wife, we're very much in agreement on things. I don't find myself as being responsible for other people who are family or friends or things like that. I'm there to help them and love them and do what I can do, but their lives are their own. So if their lives are unstable, that doesn't make my life unstable now. If they are uncontent, uh, or uncontented, uh, while that doesn't bring me any pleasure, and I, I will try and help if I'm asked, um, it doesn't really affect my contentedness to a great extent. Sometimes, you know, it does. I feel bad if somebody uh, you might be doing screwy things or not doing well or unhappy or, you know, of course, if they were sick or ill or things like that, you know. 
But that's that one view of happiness, and I think it would be great to, for you, you know, to think about that, uh, you know, and for myself. The second thing they talked about in this happiness is uh, meaning, a life marked by service, purpose, and dedication to ideals, uh, and that's another value for happiness. And wow, when I saw that, I said, Whew. now that's certainly something that has made me very, very, very happy in my life and uh, has always been right along there with comfort, safety, stability, and contentedness. I, you know, I've said that a million times, you know, and I've been reminded of Victor Frankl and Logos therapy, that's meaning therapy, other people. And that's how I was raised uh, that, you know, man, if you had a, if, that's why I love being a public servant, a psychologist, uh, you know, a, a an adjunct professor and things like that. When students tell you that they love you and you did a great job, they learned something, whatever. Your life has had meaning, terrific meaning. With me, I, you know, I had the, I have had the greatest jobs in America for almost four, you know, over four decades. You know, I did exactly what I wanted to do and more. And you know, and many of my colleagues the same way. Our lives were marked by service. Uh, we definitely have purpose and dedication to specific ideal, ideals, either as psychologists or humanistic ones or things, religious and philosophical ones to help other people, to protect and serve other people. What a great thing um, uh, as a psychologist, particularly when um, early in my career, uh, kind of made a shift to those working with people who were developmentally disabled. Oh, my goodness. My goodness gracious, if you want to uh, have a life marked by service and meaning and dedication and purpose and help to other people, there's one. The best people in the freaking world to work with, the, you know, people who are developmentally disabled or have, you know, problems in that area notoriously, and I mean that in a positive way, they're phenomenal. They're loving and kind and appreciative and hardworking and uh, they're just great, great people to work with. It, it's, it's, it, it, you, you could make such a difference with, with micromolecular, small things that can have such a profound effect on people. So for me, that's, I mean, I might have had uh, done shitty things in other areas in terms of my comforts, you know, safety, stability, or, you know, whatever in some other areas. But for that, on a scale of one to 10, it's a 20. So, you know, think of it yourself. I mean, you know, do you have a, is that important to you? And, uh, you know, for me, there was a book that I read many, many years ago. I mentioned on many other shows called by the, um, geez, I'm blocking now. It's called, you know, You Can Still Make a Difference by the Christopher Society. And I, I recently got a copy of it. And it's, it's you know, it, it's just a fantastic kind of a, kind of a thing. Where you know you can you make a difference, and it's it's just a great thing, uh, and it's a guide for that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, those are the two, and the third one I think is more of what people today uh, worry about, and you know this has been you know been you know thrown out there for the past couple of decades as well, and it's called. Uh, psychological richness and this is where your happiness 
is defined by experiences. You know, so it's defined by the variety of experiences, engagement, and diverse experiences. Uh, and it's kind of like uh, one of these things. Uh, you know, it's been a it's a, uh, it's a life well lived because you know you uh, you know you lived life for the gusto. You know, you uh, traveled all over Europe. You did this or that. Uh, blah 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 you know you you went to the restaurant you wanted to go to you uh you know did this uh, you played golf three times a week whatever it is uh, again it's by variety engagement uh, you know uh, you go to the yoga class twice a week uh, whatever the experiences have to be diverse you see that with millennials a great deal so it's your life is defined by the experiences that you've had now for me i uh, i think at my age, what I found is I think my happiness is really defined uh, by that sweet spot that you would find in a Venn diagram. You know, you know what that is when you have like a circle which would represent one of these things, another circle that would represent another one, and uh, a third circle which would represent the psychological richness, richness, and where they overlap. You know, how much comfort, safety, stability, contentedness. Have you had how much meaning in your life have you had? How many, how much variety and engagement and diverse experiences have you had? You know, how do those things overlap? Those three things, uh, to me, that would be that would be one way not to measure. Only you know if you're happy, uh, or you're just pretending that you are. And uh, I think a lot of people uh, they don't they don't think about happiness. They're not sure if they're happy. I don't think that they may be happy. I, you know, I, I, and a lot of other people are very happy and never think about it. They're just happy because they do what they want to do. They help other people. They're kind. They're comfortable. They're safe. They're content. Uh, they have a, a variety of some things that they do. Uh, they don't overdo it. They don't feel a slave to it. And uh, they're happy and they're, they have a life well lived. So... It's something to think about uh, in the world that we live in when it's so divisive and people can get uh, so darn mean and hateful to one another, or people can, you know, people can feel that um, these very small things in the realm of reality are really very important and they're not. They're really not that important to your contentedness. They're really not going to affect you. They really have nothing to do with your service to others or your job or the things that you can or cannot do. And uh, they may not affect, you know, how diverse your experiences can be or how you want to be engaged, you know, th that third dynamic of things. And it's, it's a good thing to think about, to think about if you're happy. And if you're not happy, why not? You know, and does everybody have to be happy the same way? <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously not. Are there false narratives that society or other people or family members or uh, a job or a, a culture, you know, will toss on you and, and make you feel that you have to do these things to be happy or if these things are not happening to you or... Uh, you disagree with them, you're going to be unhappy. 
You know, does that make any sense? Or in the long run, are you competent enough? Do you feel resilient and strong enough that you determine for yourself? Uh, as Aristotle said, happy is the man or woman, all of whose needs are met, provided none are amiss. You know, are you letting people society, cultures, family members, uh, friends, spouses, work, dictate to you what is or isn't the right thing for you for your personal happiness. So anyway, I think that's a, a great topic for a show and uh, it's something nice to think about during this COVID thing. Uh, I know for me, I've taken great advantage of this uh, COVID period to uh, do a lot of things that I like to do that are uh, of service to my family, uh, you know, to myself, uh, to other people, to animals or other things, you know, small things that I can do and large projects too. There were nearly I wouldn't have the time to do and have gotten great personal satisfaction uh, in doing those things, have, you know, saved money, redone things, learned different skills, uh, decluttered my life in certain areas, uh, you know, kind of made uh, lemonade out of some lemons and uh, increased my level of contentment and stability and feeling of safety, uh, variety for the things, other things. You know, in terms of uh, a variety of other experiences, doing the things that I like to do. No, it's, I'm very easy to please. I'm not at the point in time where I want to be traveling all, all over the world right now. It's not of interest to me. But, you know, I can't go to the movies regularly. Like, I, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing that or doing a lot of things with restaurants or bowling or other activities that are indoors, uh, you know, because of the pandemic. So that's been limiting. But. You know, I try and be optimistic and find alternative measures to cope with things. And there are a million of them out there. You know, some things are they're not ready to happen right now. Uh, you know, that I would lo love to do. They're not going to. But do I feel unhappy? No, quite the contrary. Because I kind of think about these things. Now, this isn't a show for me to come on here and have a, a psychodrama session and tell you I'm happy or unhappy or project some kind of image to you. I think it's a thing that's affecting all of us. Uh, and personal happiness during this uh, pandemic has certainly been a, a really key issue. So now's a good time to think about it. And you might want to try those uh, three areas. Take a look at it. Sit down and talk with your spouse. Sit down and talk with a friend. Sit down and talk with a peer, a colleague, a family member. Somebody that you trust is a good listener and a, and a you know, a critical thinker. Somebody who likes to, uh, you know, bullshit with you and, and give you a straight answer. See what you come up with. Anyway, that's the end of today's show. And I'm happy uh, that we took this time, uh, you know, to, to kind of think this one through. This could be something very useful for a few of you out there. I know it is for me just talking about it. So uh, if you like the show, Hey, you know, uh, hit the subscribe button, uh, send me a message if you have a different topic, uh, and uh, I will try and uh, knock out some more shows. I'm usually a very prolific uh, show person, and I had the availability every day for the past five days to do a show, and it was, it was either going to be about COVID or Trump or whatever, you know, all these things that 
you know, that you've heard a million times, and you don't need to hear another version of that. So anyway, I took a little break for a bit from that. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, you guys have a nice day, and I will be podcasting another episode very soon. I'll catch you later. This show was written, produced, hosted, and directed by Stan Wanglin. Thanks for listening.